Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. Today we're joined by Simon Blake, the CEO of Mental Health First Aid England, to discuss how we can implement mental health first aid effectively across our organisations. Welcome to the podcast, Simon. Hello, Simon. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, very well. In not so sunny Manchester, but spirits are high. I'm really excited for this conversation. We've been looking at putting it together for our audience for quite a considerable amount of time. And just for those of you that aren't aware, I don't think there'll be too many people, but can you just share a little bit more about your background professionally, but also the work that you're doing at MHFA? And then we'll explore how to implement MHFA in the most effective way across our organisations. Sure. So Mental Health First Aid England is a social enterprise and we provide training and support around mental health first aid, but also wider mental health training for line managers and others as well. My background, I was supposed to be an educational psychologist, but I forgot to go back and get the final bit of the qualification. And so I've worked in sexual health, health, well-being, mostly with young people, but I've been here at Mental Health First Aid England for almost five years. And across that five years, huge changes when it's come to the field of workplace health and well-being and well-being generally. What have you seen across those years in terms of organisations' attitudes towards mental health, the appetite to train up line managers and engage teams in mental health and well-being? Well, I think the first and most obvious thing to say, of course, is that we had a global pandemic pretty soon into that, which meant that so much of the training and education went online, which was quite a radical shift in terms of training around mental health. I think it's fair to say that workplaces are now thinking about mental health and well-being more than they ever had. Some are still at the start line. Some are you know, sprinting far, far ahead. But the bit which I think is really important is that when we are talking about this, we are not just saying workplace mental health or workplace well-being and understanding or assuming that we understand the same thing. But yeah, we're talking about supporting the well-being of everybody all of the time, recognizing that there are moments in everyone's lives where they may need some extra support, either circumstances or mental health. And then how do we make sure workplaces are ensuring that they are supporting people who live with long-term mental illness? And we know that there is better understanding about well-being for everybody all of the time and perhaps less progress in some of the other areas. And it seems from my perspective, when we talk to organisations that either we work with or potentially will work with, mental health first aid has been rolled out across those organisations. Why has it been so popular, in your opinion, across the last five, ten years as well? Because I know you've been going for, for quite a considerable amount of time. Yeah, so mental health first aid first came across to England more than 15 years ago. And, and Mental Health First Aid England has been a social enterprise for 15 years. I think it is really about it being a course which offers some practical skills for people. I, from 1995 onwards, had done lots of mental health awareness. But when I first did the Mental Health First Aid course, I was like, ah, okay, there's some actual practical, tangible things that I can do at work as a manager, as a director, in my family in my personal life. That's why I think it's been so embraced by so many people, because it really provides people some practical skills, which they can use, which are really straightforward skills around good quality conversation, signposting support. Yeah. And I think that's a really important area as well of being really clear as to what the training does do and what it doesn't do. And I imagine that's where organizations can often succeed or potentially not see the impacts of mental health first aid. One of the questions we get a lot of is how to pick the trainer because HR departments are so busy, spinning so many plates, well-being has potentially been added across the last couple of years as well. 
to that plate and importantly so. But how do we go about picking the right trainer for your organisation? Is there any recommendations? There's always various debates, aren't there, about who is best to train. And, and I, yeah, having worked in HIV and sexual health and drug education, all sorts of things that people often talk about, you know, what experience do people need? What qualifications do they need? To my mind, it's really about a really good quality trainer who knows and understands the material. And if they don't have experience in your context, that they have sufficient understanding and ability as a trainer to make sure it feels relevant. And that may be on all sorts of different bases. It might be about if you work in financial services, you might want somebody who's got a knowledge and understanding of that. If you're a charity that is working in the homelessness sector, you might want somebody who's got a greater understanding of charities. So there's sort of different layers to it, but ultimately it's about somebody who is able to ensure that they can make groups work. You know, that's the fundamental bit of training, that they can bring the right level of authority, knowledge and understanding, but also facilitate the skills and values development at the same time. I don't think there's one way that one size fits all. And yeah, we know that in mental health space that there are lots of people working and contributing to the space and it's really about making sure that, you know, if lived experience is most important, that you factor that in. If somebody understanding about the geographical patch that you work in is really important, that you factor that in. Yeah, lots of different routes, but real clarity about what does success look like from your side and talking and testing with yeah. different trainers. You don't have to go with the first person that you have the conversation with. If it doesn't yeah. feel right, find another person, talk to them. You'll know when it matches. Yeah, I love that. And with, you mentioned what success looks like. This is going to be organisational dependent, but could you just give some examples of what organisations generally want to achieve off the back of mental health first aid? Sure. Let me just take one step back from that a, a bit, which is that there are lots of different routes to achieving the goal. And what we know in, in mental health and wellbeing is that there is no single panacea and there's no single route to achieving goals. But where... I've been really impressed by the impact that people make. Is, you know, so when people train as mental health first aiders, they might take a designated role. They might use their skill that they develop as a line manager or in the C-suite of the organization might just be the skills which they use, which they bring into everyday conversations in the same way that coaches might. But also use blind people develop a fire in their belly and they're trying to use what they've learned to influence in a range of different ways and, and, and shapes. And the most important bit is, is thinking about that whole system approach where we're clear that you've got to have the right culture. You need the right policies and practices. You need line managers who are able to have good quality conversations and that you've got mental health first aiders who are able to support you know, that overall vision and goals. And that we're really clear about the support that's needed, clear about where the boundaries are between you know, different players within, within the space. And of course, if we had knew all the answers, then we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't need to go through the process. But we often learn that as we go through. But I think the most significant bit is whenever you have mental health first aiders, when they say they may feel like they make a difference, it's when the organization invests the time and energy to ensure that people know about them, people understand them, and that they get the support that they need to continue to be able to deliver in that role. 
I think that's a really important area that we've heard from organizations that have implemented mental health first aid really effectively is the ongoing support for that population as well. And the field of mental health is evolving so quickly and so rapidly, which is amazing with all the research that's going in and making sure people have that refresher training, I know is a, a big focus for a lot of organizations and for mental health first aid England as well. I'd love to just pick apart and talk through for my learning as much as anything and for, for other people listening in today, your thoughts on line manager training and the importance of that. And again, what leads to success, whatever the KPIs may be around line manager training when it comes to, to mental health training? I think, yeah, I feel so passionately about the role of a line manager in, in an organization. So many people become line managers because they were good at doing a, a project and they get promoted and line management is the way to get higher grade, more money. And some people you know, don't want to be a line manager. Some people don't want to and don't have the skills to be a good line manager or haven't had the training support. So, you know, Chartered Management Institute and others have really core competencies for line managers and being able to have honest, open conversations, being able to include everyone, being able to respond to situations is a core part of those competencies. If we don't have well-trained line managers, then you won't have line managers who are able to recognize that when you're having performance conversations and planning conversations, they also need to engage well-being and, and yeah, that sense about people's yeah, whole self. We need to understand our teams. We need to have the relationships so that we can enable them to be well and support them and to spot signs and symptoms when they may not be. But that, you know, when you're having a performance conversation, you're having a well-being conversation. When you're having a well-being conversation, you're having a performance conversation. So for me, line manager training is very much about how to be a good line manager. And being a good line manager will enable you to have good quality conversations will make sure you've got enough time to be able to know and understand your team. And then you will be in a position where they can do the job because line managers are the key to the vision of your organization, to the culture of your organization. They are the person who your teams are most connected to. So they need the right time, the right training and the right support to be able to be good line managers and have good quality conversations about mental health. Fantastic. What a way to finish, Simon. Really enjoyed the last the last 12 minutes and always this podcast is too short. But for anyone that wants to find out more about Mental Health First Aid England, where's the best place to, to learn more? So our website, mhfaengland.org or social media, LinkedIn. Again, type in MHFA England or Mental Health First Aid England and you will find us there. And yeah, I'm very, very happy to talk to anybody who wants to find out more. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Simon. Really good to see you again. Andy, thanks for having me. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.